The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on you because he has anointed you to preach good news to the poor. He has sent you to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Would you mind just putting that up on the, it's the first scripture reading you've got. If you just go back one. I just want us to, why don't you just stand? I just want us to read this together. We're going to start at verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. And I want you to read this. And we're talking here about you. Okay, Jesus read this about himself. But I believe that Jesus tonight is commissioning kingdom carriers. He's commissioning whoa, us as kingdom carriers. People who carry his kingdom. We already are. He's just upping it and helping us know it even more. We're going to read this. We're going to declare this. I want you to declare it over yourself. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. Okay, we're going to declare this together. And just receive, just receive. As you declare it, there's going to be the Spirit being poured out upon you. So let's just read this together. Let's declare it together. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. And recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Let's do it again. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's who you are. That's who you are. That's what you've been called to do. That's what you've been anointed to do. As we were singing Emmanuel, 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 God is with us now. He's in you. He lives inside you. His spirit has been poured out whoa, upon you to do this. To do this, to usher in the kingdom of heaven. To proclaim freedom to captives. To see blind eyes open. To see the sick get healed. To see the kingdom come in every area of society, in every area of life. To proclaim that this is the year of God's favor. Just receive it now. Receive that commission afresh. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Wow. So if you want to take your seat, we're going to press into this some more. And I'm just going to expand on 
expand on that. I just want to encourage you to keep your spirits wide open. Okay, don't switch off. Don't switch your spirit off because I'm talking. Um, just keep it open. Whatever that looks like for you, whatever that means, just stay connected. Focus more on him than on me. Focus more on him than on me. And just allow him to do what he's doing right now. As I'm speaking, he's going to be releasing more of the kingdom, more of his presence. So just stay open to what he's doing and responsive to what he's doing. You don't have to stay where you are. If he's doing something in you, feel free to respond to that and respond to what he's doing. The verse we just read was actually the starting point for this evening's message where Jesus stood up in the temple and he read that out. He was, he'd been uh, baptized. He then spent 40 days in the desert resisting the enemy. And then Luke tells us that he returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And then he went to the synagogue. Do you want to pop it back up? Could we go back to the first one? Sorry, I'm jumping around. So he went back to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And he read that in the sight of all the people. He was handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And unrolling it, he found the place where it's written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue was fastened on him and he began by saying, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. They would have been familiar with this scripture, with this passage, and Jesus was saying, this is who I am and this is what I've come to do. We then pick up and, and Luke basically goes on in the next chapter or so to, to kind of paint a picture of what this looks like. So Jesus has just declared that this is who he is and this is what he's come to do, to bring the kingdom and to proclaim the good news. And we get a whole string of testimonies telling us what this looks like and what this means. We get a whole string of testimonies from Luke that, that help to paint a picture for us of what bringing the kingdom looked like for Jesus. Do you want to pop up the next scripture? I'm just going to read through these. If you want to follow, you can. It's in Luke 4 and verse 31. And we're just going to read through these, these testimonies of the kingdom. And just because they were 2,000 years ago doesn't mean they're not alive today. So as we listen, well, as we're reading them, just receive. Receive the power of the kingdom. Receive faith, receive healing as we're reading these testimonies. This is Luke 4, 31. He went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and on the Sabbath began to teach the people. They were amazed at his teaching because his message had authority. In the synagogue there was a man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit. He cried out at the top of his voice, Ha! 
What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, Jesus said sternly. Come out of him. Then the demon threw the man to the ground before them all and came out without injuring him. All the people were amazed and said to each other, What is this teaching with authority and power? He gives orders to evil spirits and they come out. And news about him began to spread throughout the surrounding area. Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Simon. Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever and they asked Jesus to help her. So he bent over and he rebuked the fever and it left her. She got up at once and began to wait on them. When the sun was setting, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many, shouting, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew he was the Christ. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving. But he said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, with the people crowding round him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats belonging to Simon and asked him to put out a little from shore. And he began, he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down the nets. For a catch, Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they'd done so, they caught such a large number of fish that the nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish. And so were James and John, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid, from now on you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell to his face and begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to him and to be healed of their sicknesses. And Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. One day, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law who'd come from every village of Galilee, from Judea and Jerusalem, were sitting there. And the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they couldn't find a way, they made a hole in the roof and lowered him right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friends, friend, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees accused him of blasphemy. Jesus knew what they were thinking. Why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or get up and walk? 
but that you may know that the Son of God, Son of Man, has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately the man stood up, took what he had been lying on and went home, praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we've seen remarkable things today. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at a tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him, and Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house, and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. I love this because Jesus has just, as we read, just said that he's the one that Isaiah prophesied about, who's come to bring the kingdom. And you see throughout the Gospels, Jesus saying the kingdom of heaven is near, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he actually says here that he has to go and preach the good news of the kingdom, because that's what he's been sent to do. And we see here four, five, six testimonies of what Jesus did, of what that anointing on Jesus' life enabled him to do. We see a man who had been oppressed by the demonic, who Jesus sets free. We see a lady who was suffering with a high fever, who was immediately healed. We see a whole community who brought all their sick to Jesus and he healed them all. We see a man who had leprosy. Leprosy in this time was a really, well it's bad anyway, but it was, it was not just a physical ailment, but it had a huge impact on somebody's whole life there relationships, their emotional well-being. We haven't got time now, but if you look in the Old Testament in Leviticus 13, you'll see what it says should happen to somebody who has leprosy, which refers to any kind of skin, infectious skin disease. Essentially, that person, once they'd been uh, diagnosed, they had to withdraw from the community and withdraw from the camp. They had to leave, and they had to rip their clothes, and they had to go around shouting, unclean, unclean, as a warning to others. They were cut off from their friends, from their family, from their communities. They were on their own. They were isolated and lonely. So we see the kingdom coming in this man's life, healing his body and restoring his relationships, restoring his community, restoring his well-being. And then we see the, the story of the catch of fish. So Jesus is out with his disciples, with Peter and James and John, and they're fishermen. That's what they do for a living. They're at work. They've been fishing. And Jesus has been teaching, and he says to them, put out your nets again. And they do, and they catch an incredible amount of fish. I mean, these are fishermen, and they're astonished by the amount of fish that they've just caught. They've never seen anything like it, so much that their boats are sinking. 
They've never caught a catch like this. See, the kingdom of heaven isn't just about physical healing. It's not just about emotional healing. It's not just about relational healing. It's also to affect our workplaces. It's to affect everything we do. This would have no doubt had a huge impact on their finances as well. Huge catch of fish. What would they have done with them? See, the kingdom of heaven isn't just here on a Sunday. It's out there. It's to impact the world. It's to impact our places of work. It's to impact the places where we are. It's to impact our nation. It's to impact our communities. Everybody would have seen this. Everybody would have known about this. And then we get the paralytic man who can't walk, he can't move. His friends had to bring him. And not only does Jesus heal him and liberate him from his paralysis, he also forgives his sins. He tells the man his sins are forgiven. You see, the kingdom of heaven is also about salvation. It's about forgiveness. It's about being put right with God and others. The kingdom of heaven cleanses everything. And then we see Levi, the tax collector, the sinner, as the Pharisees referred to him and his friends. And they're the people that Jesus was hanging out with because he wanted to call them home. And he calls Levi and he says, come follow me. Come follow me. And then he goes back and he spends time with Levi's friends. And when the Pharisees complain, say, what's he doing? Jesus responds and says, these are the people I've come for. These are the people I've come to save. See, the kingdom of heaven is about every area of life. It's about our bodies. It's about our spiritual well-being. It's about our emotional well-being. It's about our workplaces. It's about society. The kingdom of heaven affects everything. And I think here we've got just a picture painted of some of the miracles that Jesus did. And it just paints a picture of just the kingdom of heaven impacting every different area of life. You've probably heard the word salvation, sozo, saved, healed, delivered, set free. And we see the kingdom breaking in. I just want to encourage you this evening. You see, Jesus, one of his, the last things he said to his disciples before, just turn with me to Mark's gospel. One of the last things he said to his disciples before he ascended was this in Mark 16. In verse 15, he said this. He said, Go into all the world, preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands, and they will drink deadly poison. It will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Jesus sent his disciples, he sent us to all the world to demonstrate the good news of the kingdom and to bring the good news of the kingdom. 
one of the things I, that struck me as I was reading these stories was they're often a lot of these happen in the context of Jesus' teaching. Sometimes we, in a supernatural culture, you can find people that devalue teaching and the Word of God. But we, what we see here is the Word and the Spirit and the demonstration of God's power all going hand in hand. Paul said that he doesn't preach with wise and persuasive words, but a demonstration of the Spirit's power. I just want to encourage you that as well as sharing the kingdom, as well as preaching the kingdom, as well as talking about the kingdom, God wants us to demonstrate the kingdom. God wants us to reveal the kingdom as a demonstration of his power that people would see it and believe and be saved. And I believe that that is about every area of life. As I say, it's physical, it's spiritual, it's emotional, it's relational. It's social. It's the full picture. It's the full spectrum. When uh, I don't know how many of you were here this morning, but Dave Foggan was speaking this morning, and if you weren't here, I'd encourage you to listen to it. Um, he shared some stuff that he shared in the evening a few months ago, but also some new stuff. And I also just felt as he was sharing, he was... He was, I mean, Dave was just sharing testimony after testimony of healing and the kingdom coming. And as he was sharing, I really just felt like God was saying that, I just felt that God was releasing over us as a, as a people. There just, I think he was just, it was, it's a bit like saying tonight, he was kind of releasing us to go out and bring the kingdom. To go out there and bring the kingdom in all its different forms. And uh, I really feel that that um, Rebecca talked about kind of stepping up and going up, and I just feel like there's a there's a there's a, a going there's a, a step up tonight. There's a step up that God's releasing over us in terms of our experience of the kingdom and our uh, ability, if you like, to bring the kingdom. Uh, also, our, I think our expectation of bringing the kingdom. Dave, one of the things Dave talked about was moving from hope to assurance. That we don't just hope for things to happen, which can, you know, if that's, that's where you're starting, then start there. But actually God's moving us from hope to assurance. I remember Pete saying recently that in our healing center, uh, we've now moved to a place where we expect, we know that somebody or people are going to be healed every time, they, every week. When we started out, we hoped. We expected that to some degree, but we hoped. We were, we were being obedient. We were stepping out. We were doing what we saw God calling us to do and, and that our friends were doing in other places around the world. But now we see people healed every week. We're moving from hope to assurance. And I think that's something that God's just releasing over us as a people I also just want to, there's also something about um, just this, the social impact of the kingdom as well. I just want to encourage you, just, this is a full spectrum. Um, the kingdom, God wants to affect every area of life. It's not just about physical healing. Physical healing is amazing, and we need it. But there's, there's far, it's, the kingdom of heaven is far bigger than that. And, um, 
when I read the, the story of Jesus impacting Peter at work and the impact he had on his work, it just, God just really impressed on me that actually he wants to raise up a people who impact every area of society and every level of society. And he wants to bless our work. He wants to bless what we do and the kingdom to come. I just want to encourage you to be expectant for God to, to, to do the miraculous in your workplace. Um, and that doesn't just mean physical healing. It's not limited to that. Um, I also felt just to encourage you, we, we talk a lot here about dreaming. And I just want to encourage you, don't limit your dreams to the church. Don't limit your dreams to the church. Don't limit what God can do through you and the, the transformation that he wants to bring about to the church. Okay, he wants to transform the world. He wants to transform this nation. He wants to transform this area. I was looking yesterday just at some of the amazing social reformers that there have been who have been Christians, who've known God. And you look and the list is incredible. People like William Wilberforce, the MP who played such a massive role in the abolition of slavery and the abolition of the slave trade around the world. Thomas John Bernardo, you probably know Bernardo's, set up orphanages and homes for young boys and his legacy lives on today. Louis Pasteur, Every time you go to the fridge and get out your milk. Amazing scientist. Revolutionized the way we do things. He came up with a cure and a treatment for rabies and set up a center to research cures for incurable diseases. We have people like William Booth, George Cadbury. I don't know if any, any of you have ever been to Birmingham and seen Bourneville, the town, the community that he built for his workers. That was built over a hundred years ago so that his workers could live in good conditions. He was one of the pioneers of abolishing and uh, improving labour conditions in the UK. Bourneville is now one of the most sought-after places to live in Birmingham. And it became a model for cities being built all around Europe for how they should be built. This was a man who knew God, who got a heart to bring the kingdom. And it's still being felt today. I just want to encourage you, the kingdom is all of these things. The kingdom is all of these things. Don't limit your dreams to the church. Don't limit your dreams to physical healing. As good as that is, we want to see the kingdom come in every area of people's lives. I just want to encourage you, I just feel that God is raising up influence, influencers and social reformers among us people who are going to bring the kingdom in society in new and remarkable ways. In fact, I just want to give an opportunity, if, if, if that resonates with you, 
if that resonates with you, why don't you just stand? I just want to release something over you. If that resonates with you, that desire to bring societal change, that desire to bring the kingdom in new ways and see society transformed, just, just receive. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you because he has anointed you to bring good news in every area of life. He's anointed you to bring about a reformation in society. He's anointed you to bring about a reformation in your area of influence, in your area of passion, in your area of desire, the the things that you long to see. I just release, God's just releasing right now. He's releasing dreams and he's releasing faith and he's releasing vision right now for what you can see happen in your sphere of influence, for the change that you can bring about, seeing society changed. I was talking to Emily and I were uh, were chatting with Gary and Anu yesterday. Anu uh, is a part of the church here and she was just describing and telling us how She's put together a course or training materials to help young children with emotional difficulties. It's based on uh, culture of honor and loving on purpose and also revelation that God's given her personally. Initially, it was rolled out in two schools in the area where they live. And those schools were such a remarkable transformation in the lives of children, particularly poorly behaved children. And it also led to a real improvement in the academic achievement in those schools. Uh, that eight other schools became interested in what was happening and in the whoa, in the, uh, in the course that she put together and in the materials that she put together and the program that she put together. And eight other, eight other schools bought into it. And then the local education authority now is asking her to come and share what she's been doing. And they're looking at rolling it out in several other schools. This wisdom, this dream that was in her heart is impacting lives, is transforming culture, is transforming the way that these schools deal with children, particularly some of the most vulnerable and hurting children in that environment. It's transforming the lives of the children. It's transforming the lives of the school. No doubt it's transforming the lives of the families as well. That's the kingdom right there. That's the kingdom of heaven being brought about. So I just release over you right now. I release faith. I release wisdom. I release vision. I release dreams. That you would see the kingdom come in new ways. I feel for some of you, God is just lifting the lid of the church. He's just lifting the lid of the church off you. You felt that you, you, your dreams had to be in the church. You felt that your dreams had to be fulfilled in the church. And God's just taking that off you right now. And he's just allowing you to see beyond that. He's allowing you to see something way bigger and way more impactful and way more significant that you're going to have. Some of you have been frustrated because your dreams have been wrapped up in the church. 
and God, God's, God's uh, birthing something for you outside, whoa, outside of that environment. It doesn't mean you don't do it in community. It doesn't mean you don't connect. But it, it, it won't look like a, a traditional ministry that you've seen. God's birthing something different through you. And you can't look at it. You can't see it with your, with, with traditional lenses on. Um, don't see it with traditional lenses on. God's lifting those off of you. He's taking them off of you right now and he's releasing you to see the kingdom come. Wow. Wow. It's way bigger than you thought. It's way bigger than you thought. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. I just want to take a seat. As directors, we were we spent a day with Danny Silk um, a few weeks ago and uh, Danny was asking us uh, part of the reason we asked him when he was with us, we said, would you help us just develop our vision and our long-term vision? So Danny said, well, in 40 years, what do you want to be known for? What do you want to have achieved? And uh, we began throwing out ideas and thoughts, and we began dreaming. And we were coming out with things, and Danny stopped us and said, okay, they're good. But what's your man on the moon? What's your man on the moon? John Franklin Kennedy, the American president, stood up at the beginning of the 1960s and said, by the end of the decade, we're going to put a man on the moon. Nobody thought it was possible. But they did it. Danny said, what is it? What's impossible? What's your man on the moon? What do you want to be known for in 40 years' time? What do you want to have achieved? And more pondering, more ideas. And then we landed. We said, what would it look like for an entire region to look like heaven? What would it look like for a region to look like heaven? What would it look like for this region, for this surrounding areas here to look like heaven? We talk about bringing heaven to earth. We see heaven coming to earth. But what would it look like for this place to actually look like heaven? No crime. No relational breakdown. Healthy families. Healthy bodies. Businesses prospering. Education that prospers and brings life and creativity and releases people to be all that they're made to be. Emotional health, mental health. As you begin to think about it, what does heaven, what would it look like for this place to look like heaven? You begin to realize it affects everything and it changes everything. And we thought, that's a good one to go for. Forty years from now, for this region, this surrounding areas here to look like heaven, what would that look like? And what do we need to do between now and then to make it happen? You'll be hearing more about that. You'll be hearing more about that. But what I'm trying to do is just 
just kind of show you the breadth of the kingdom so that you're not, you don't feel locked into a, it's got to look like this or it's got to be this. We've, we've each got a part to play in bringing that kingdom about and seeing the kingdom come here. How amazing would it be to have politicians looking at North Kent and saying, why are the crime rates so low? Why are the marriage breakdown rates so low? Why is such creativity coming out of that place? Why are doctor surgeries closing down? Is, is that possible? Is that possible? We talk about heaven coming to earth. Well, how, whoa! How much of heaven? How much of heaven? A little bit? Or all of it? How much of heaven do you want to see in your lifetime? How much of heaven do you want to see in this area? How much of heaven do you want to see in this nation? Do you want to put a man on the moon? We're going to have a go. We're going to have a go. Wow.